Welcome everyone to another Azure centric podcast. In this, in this case, we have a new format. We're going to talk about Azure news weekly. So then you can keep up with everything that is new on the Azure world and associating that not only from reading, not reading, but talking, having an informal conversation about what is new on Azure, uh, but also to just leverage that to the, to the business side of it and what is not saying directly on the, on the release of all Azure news that we are talking about right now. So with me, I only have my, my partner in crime, Andrew. How are you, Andrew? I am fantastic, Marcos. Uh, thank you for having me today. That's and, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, talking about um, some of the news items that uh, Azure releases, um, doing it on a weekly basis. You know, some weeks we may have two or three items and other weeks we might have to have two episodes. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. Depending on how fast they are releasing these, right? But I think for now we have a pretty good... We are not going to talk about all the news. Uh, we are based basically on the Azure blog. So everyone that is following us on YouTube, um, we are doing on Azure blog that is azure.microsoft.com. And then if you look uh, for the blog, you will have all the, all the news. Um, let's start with the first one. So let me switch this to, to the first one. And by the first one is talking about costs. So there is update on the Azure cost management, um, right? Yeah, so uh, cost management is one of the things, uh, of course, you know, uh, we, we poke fun a little bit at ourselves, but I do tend to monitor budgets pretty closely. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that's important for businesses as well is uh, looking at not just controlling costs, but how you can optimize costs. So, uh, you know, uh, cost management uh, it was a really exciting thing for me to see uh, in the news. So here we're talking about kind of bringing in uh, the same ideas as secure scores. So we have secure score, we have compliance score, and now we're starting to talk about cost management and applying uh, a ranking to that. So uh, a lot of the optimizations through here uh, that they've added with this update are really uh, kind of AI driven and it's really cool. So they've started measuring things against um, different, uh, you know, different standards, other tenants, uh, you know, of course, everything's anonymized, but um, you know, uh, you can, uh, you can also take a look at uh, how to automate deployments now. So kind of as it works through, it's starting to, to build uh, ARM templates for a full subscription that you can push out. It's then uh, you can start kind of diving into that automation world. So uh, the automation world can be a little bit uh, daunting, but uh, what a great way to dive in. So you can take a subset of uh, um, different infrastructures and services, you know, IaaS, SaaS, and PaaS pieces you have, and then push them into a different subscription even. Uh, it also includes reserved instances now. That was a big one. I was really happy to read. So uh, for a long time, reserved instances has not been included in your cost analysis, the cost management. 
And that's actually really big news because now it helps you to get a, a more full uh, picture of what's in the tenant and what what's on your bill. So uh, I think the other thing I wanted to speak to just briefly on that one was uh, as you're invoicing, you know, as accurate as the invoices are, businesses have to do kind of the line by line validation. And <laughs> as you know, Marcos, oh, oh my, my gosh, don't tell me about so, that. I'm just going to say uh, Azure invoices are well known for their complexity. <laughs> really? I didn't so, figure out that because right. usually I always have a call and it's like between the day five that usually when they arrive, when they look at say, say why I'm being charged on this? Say, remember, uh, you have a VPN. So, or you have this, you have that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was related to that deployment that we did. It's exactly. So Exactly, right? So part of the, the update with this is it helps to view those line-by-line line broken out detailed charges that are tough to read in a PDF file, but now uh, in the graphical interface using um, kind of the current scope views, you can really see a more human way. It's much more readable and understandable and you can see what services things are members of and of course that can also help you identify any waste perhaps yeah. you know like you, you mentioned a vpn maybe uh maybe you've had um you know a different service put in and you can drop that vpn now so you can kind of catch things that way that might have been overlooked in other areas so I think uh, for me, the, the, the cost management update uh, represents a really huge improvement. Um, you know, quite often we get excited and I admit I'm guilty too. I get really excited about the technology and it's really cool. But how we're using Azure AI and automation to drive things like cost analysis and cost management. Um, this is real world application of the actual Azure technologies yeah. that the whole structure is built upon, the, the very base fabric. So it, it, for me, this is actually a really cool update that uh, has a lot under the hood that we don't really see. Yeah, one of the things that I like about this update is that now it's, 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 it's based on a new service called the Azure Advisor Score. Mm. Um, and, and using that to just going back like uh, uh, 20 days, uh, for example, when they optimized, for example, uh, on October 7, when Saket Gupta um, announced that he's been optimized for the Azure workloads. And I think it's a good segue. Uh, it's not it's not a new because already have 20 days, more than a week. And the idea of this podcast is to just talk about what is new weekly. So we are out of scope a little bit, but it's it's a good segue that is one of the recent news is the optimizing the Azure Advisor score. This is probably something that we can uh, demonstrate on another podcast, on another uh, video, uh, the deep analyzing of Azure Advisor, because I found that a lot of times um, there is a lot of things on, on, on Azure. And Azure Advisor gives us, besides the score that you mentioned, right? Uh, on security and all of different areas, it gives us one of them. It, they have, if I'm not mistaken, four subsystems over here, um, but one of them is cost, the other one is security, uh, and the other one is the deployment that you are doing and everything else. So 
Azure Advice Card is being reviewed for the workloads. So now you became way more agile regarding the Azure DevOps and all of that. So it's a kind of a segue that we are starting to see that they, up, they updated first the advisor score. That's the funny thing over here. So on October 7, and now on October 27, um, they update the cost management. So basically yeah, right. 20 so days, 20 days. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you were speaking to uh, kind of the pillars of Azure design, which we should mention, uh, you know, we refer to that as the well-architected uh, uh, framework, right? Yeah. So uh, Azure, uh, Microsoft and Azure have released, you know, these pillars that we measure uh, not only the way we work, the way we design, uh, but also the way we analyze, right? So now that uh, the, the advisor score weighs in the standards from uh, the pillars in the well-architected framework. So as everything adapts, so does the algorithm to base our score. And of course, it keeps up with all of the changes throughout the full ecosystem, including architecture and design, which is really important because it sometimes is. those standards change. I remember not maybe four or five years ago, only really secure organizations uh, would look at multi-factor authentication. And now it's just part of the base. It's actually part of the yeah. defaults that come out. I was talking with uh, someone else last night about uh, MFA actually. And uh, we were we were talking about how it's part of the base uh, configuration now for Microsoft 365 products and Azure Active Directory. So turning on the security defaults is just done uh, well as a default now, uh, instead of us having to switch it from no to yes. So uh, yeah, things change, and it's important that we measure uh, our tenants and our subscriptions against those standards, so that we can understand not only where to save money with cost analysis but also we can help uh, identify any possible uh, risk footprints that are getting larger because we haven't done anything to adapt. Exactly. So, yeah, no, I've said my piece, I feel a bit better about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, that's okay. That's, that's the idea, is, is to have an open conversation. This is not being scripted at all, as you can see it. Uh, as, as usually, as usually uh, this is a very open conversation. And, and that's good. So let's go to the second one that it's not, it's not a, a new, uh, it's not news, but it is, uh, it is something that I, I always passion about that is IOT. Um, and it's the, the way that you can see the future. This is a geek. It's, it's not a news. It's basically a reinforce that Microsoft announced regarding their smart building ecosystem that basically says that they are ready or they are a lots of partners that they are working. And if you if you go through this article, you see that there is a lot of innovation done not only by Microsoft, but kind of reinforcing everything that Microsoft is, is uh, basically um, uh, putting out on the market. And now we're starting to see a lot of things. So one of the things that I was at Ignite at that time, and I think it was... Uh, with you as well when you were at Ignite a couple of years ago, that they announced the Azure Digital Twins. I always passion about it. Um, I have a lot of conversations with my good friend Georgie, um, but we never saw that possible. Uh, but now with this, with this one, 
we're starting to see. And the good thing is, this new situation of the world with COVID-19 allow us to just drive even more the technology. So if you're going through the through the blog post in this case about this new of October 26, you're starting to see that they are now they are the Azure maps that you can basically a digital twin is you have your blueprints of your building and now you are moving away from that building to a digital one and now you can start to plug where you have uh, IoT devices uh, like measure temperature humidity whatever it is to that building and now you have what's called a digital blueprint okay mm -hmm. and there is one video over here that I will not pass because it's it's basically it's two minutes that talks about the company uh, based in, in in New York that X X Rail Well uh, XR no RX Well I apologize um, that talks about how they incorporate these smart buildings now that you're starting to see. We cannot touch things, right? That is the new world. We cannot touch. We have to use masks. We have to use everything. So, it's, and a lot of stores and a lot of new adaptation of this new world is you have to be more patient. That's the first thing. Because you have to form a line six feet apart or two meters apart from the person in front of you and behind you as well right and then you have to go for example on any store and they take you either your temperature uh, that is one of the things right um, but you, usually you cannot touch anything so i remember that other day i was at the apple store just to see the new iphone right and on the new the new devices and every time you touch they come someone cleaning up everything so on the smart buildings, imagine now that we are returning to more our previous way to work on the on office and everything else, there is a lot of touching things, right? So those biometric things that you used to have with the fingerprints, now it's not a good thing because that could be a, a, a point of contamination. Uh, and what they are doing is leveraging all of these solutions that you have available on IoT um, to just become more friendly. So I highly recommend going to see this post. Uh, this is more a geek post, it's not new. Uh, it's not everything new. What's new is what they are doing. It probably gives you some ideas what they are doing with with that. Uh, and it's pretty cool because now you, you have those contactless enter. So basically, and you have the cameras that sees you and it knows you and can identify you even for security measures, right? And it's really, really cool and I highly recommend. I know that's a little bit outside of our wheelhouse, uh, but it's still Azure and it's still a geek news and it's it it's always yeah. always interesting to see over here. Yeah, so there's a couple things about this that actually get me really excited as well. Um, so first I want to say, uh, you know, usually we don't plug any brands, but in the, uh, in the blog article, I did notice that Bosch technologies, uh, is one of uh, the Azure partners and they do a lot of healthcare and security device integration, like you were talking and they are IOT enabled their Azure partner for IOT. So you can do things like we, you know, you were talking about uh, touching surfaces and as we return to offices and we try to keep commerce and business working, 
Um, this is one of those things, you know, so you can use uh, the first thing in my mind was, you know, we know that somebody's come through a door, but we also know in that hallway that there's, say, two or three touch points that there's no way to get around. They're not electronic. It's a manual door. So you can add those to a, uh, a work order list automatically when somebody enters that area and the staff will know that they have to attend and sanitize handles in that area, for, for example, right? So you can yeah. automate things like this and can help. Uh, respond quickly for, uh, you know, our new needs to keep things clean, like very, very clean. Yep. But also, I remember last fall, uh, you and I were in Vancouver in a lovely Italian restaurant, if I'm not mistaken, because I have a problem with pasta and cold beer. <laughs> <laughs> My problem is I, I will just keep eating it and drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I remember we were talking about Azure Maps and last fall Azure Maps announced that they were going to start digging deeper into IoT for buildings and that they were going to start this adventure for mapping internal buildings. And I remember last year being so excited about it and then seeing their examples that they have in this blog post. I am absolutely impressed. I really loved it because they went from announcing they're going to start the journey to now I should be able to go into an office and know what conference room and what meeting room is where in the floor plan. Exactly. Thank goodness. Yeah. I can't tell you. Uh, I think we were, we were working on a contract together last uh, winter and trying to find a meeting room in that office. It was, uh, it was like, where's Waldo? <laughs> it is. And, 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 and especially it, it, for it us, be when you don't know the floor plans, right? Like it really is. And, and, and the good thing is even on the end of the contract, that was like eight or nine months after that, whatever was at the end of the contract, we're still looking for the, the because we don't have memorized where is all the uh, meeting rooms. Now imagine a, a person that is coming new to, to, to that and you have that facility right that um that way that that you can uh, easy demonstrate or where is that that uh, meeting room uh, that's true that's true moving on uh this is probably one of most exciting news uh that we see and it's dear to our hearts the mdc the azure module data center okay mm -hmm. and this is probably where we're going to uh, navigate through time and talk about <laughs> geekness over here. So I apologize uh, in advance, but Microsoft just just uh, extended now uh, Azure, um, and they are really driving this to a different level. So Azure Module Data Center, or in this case the MDC. It's nothing more than a container, a 40-foot container, that is totally uh, Azure, as you can see on the picture, that they have isolated. So it's been uh, developed for a lot of things, a lot of scenarios, but it's it's more it's built for a mobile command. So if you have a humanitarian uh, assistance, if you have a disaster, something like that, that you can you need that compute power. You need all the cloud that you don't have because when those kind of types of disaster occurs or when you need this, 
usually don't have. So I remember using this or not using this, of course, because I never use it. It's new. This is a, a new from October 20th. Um, and, but this is realized that it makes us uh, way more um, mobile because mm -hmm. Azure is awesome. But there are a few scenarios that I, I've been seeing that uh, leveraging cloud, it's not possible. Um, we start using, I start using the Azure stack uh, at, that, at that time, uh, but Azure stack is still a rack. Uh, it's not fully proof, right? Especially on this, um, on this type of, of things. And, and from what is on the news, this can be on even um, on even um, uh, scenarios, not even scenarios, on even terrains. So it doesn't need to be completely like with a, with a meter over there to just analyzing if it's level or oh, not. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, this... So we we've been dealing with data center in a box for lots of years, like yes. mobile data centers. Yeah. This is a whole new level, right? Completely. Because now. Uh, like you said, it doesn't have to be on the level, but this is a fully secured, yeah. uh, completely enclosed. You plug in electrical, you plug in water. That's very traditional. And away you go. Now, there may be some changes with that. You know, they didn't really release all the nitty gritty uh, for that. You uh, don't course, need you know, to plug it. If, if this piques your interest, by all yeah. means, contact your Microsoft rep. For sure. Uh, because they'll have more details than, than what we have in the news. But... Uh, I loved the idea of this because, uh, you know, so you, you talk about humanitarian response. And I think that that's really important. So let's say we go to a remote area or there's been a natural disaster. Communications are down. Well, here comes the nerd, Marcos. Watch out. So <laughs> <laughs> tell me, my friend, what service, what other new service from uh, Azure can we integrate our modular data center box with? How do we connect it to the rest of the world? That's true. So that's that's the part that I was that I was saying is you don't need networking for this, because what? no, you don't. The connectivity is you have three ways that you can have it. You can have through uh, full connected, like you put this as the picture shows over here, or or on this picture as 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 you can see uh, if you are following us on 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 YouTube. Um, that you, that you have all the connections available to this container or to this module, but you can also have satellite communication uh, that usually it's not that reliable uh, and it's not as fast, but you can have, uh, but you don't need any connection at all. Uh, you just need to connect what you need to connect to this module, right? And it's fully out, um, connectivity to the to the internet and you have all the compute power over here and i didn't um i didn't see anything that they say that they need power because i see here that they have this huge uh, generator on the bottom or oh, i'm assume that is generated on the bottom because they said it is ready to go as you can see here this is in redmond um is one of the mc units coming out Right, and all of this is the power units, and then on top is the refrigerator. I'm assuming that is that. Um, again, uh, I'm expect uh, speculating here a little bit, or this is the part that I want to see. So basically, you can put this on a trailer, 
drive this to wherever you want to do to drive it. Of course, that this is a mobile unit, but the good thing is this can be placed. And one of the first thing that I was starting to use, starting to see this being used is on mining. Mm-hmm. Because mining, Absolutely. it's very remotely. You have energy, okay? Usually, you don't have too much connectivity uh, or you have a very slow because it's really difficult to achieve to those mining sites. But if you put a container like this and you have all the power to just control everything that you need to do it, you have the power of the cloud on that mining site, for example. And that's, if you read the article, is one of the things that they say over here. So then you're starting to have the ultra low latency that you have close to that, to data center, to, to the cloud. And this is bring to other, other, it opens to other things that now you're starting to see all of these modules of Azure around the world, especially when your connection is not that great. So if you are going outside of the big metropolis, that is where you have your low latency, when you have your pops of internet and you can really leverage uh, the low latency to the cloud, then you probably don't need this. But if you are to those smaller towns that you want to do it something or you have the mining site or you have a factory or something like that, that usually you are not in that metropolitan area for cost purposes or other things. And um, this could be a very good way that you can do it. And again, this is cloud. This reinforce what we've been telling uh, a lot of times on, on our um, videos and our way to speak to the community that the cloud is not going anywhere. Uh, and now we have oh, exactly. cloud is not going anywhere. And now we have cloud everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of the things I found so exciting about this, uh, like yourself, was the ultra low latency. So imagine this is outside your building, uh, outside your, oper- your, your portable operations center for mineral ex- uh, exploration. So you're literally uh, in a valley or on the side of a mountain somewhere with an Azure data center. Uh, completely blows my mind uh, that you can just have uh, Azure in a box right beside you, like one or two milliseconds, whatever it is on your network there. And you can move it around with you as you have to move your operations. So uh, that's very powerful, I think, for a lot of businesses out there. And the other thing that got me super, super geek excited about this was imagine modular data center connected to Azure space. Yeah. I mean, come on. (laughs) It's just crazy. Blows my mind. It really blows my mind. Now, you know what we're going to see? We're going to see one of these containers uh, because that is not new that for, I think it was for two years, it was like before Ignite that we saw that, right before Ignite we saw that, that they had in, I think it was in um, Scotland, that Microsoft for two years, they had a data center that is almost the same size as this, mm-hmm. uh, underwater, and they were saying that they were eight times with less, um, di- not disruption, but with less, um, what was the term? Uh, with less, less failures, failures, failures yeah. than than a normal one. Now imagine this. So, being Azure Space, we will see 
new thing saying now we're going to have Azure on Azure. That Azure in Italian is is or Azure is 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 blue and basically in the cloud. So we'll have Azure computing on the space. And exactly, <laughs> I know it's crazy. We're underwater. Oh, We're completely. in the clouds. We're above the clouds. Uh, there's really it, it's it, it's interesting because you know. You and I talked years ago about how this is really a limitless cloud technology. Completely. So I talk a lot in my in my world about Microsoft Cloud. So M365, Azure, all of the things that uh, kind of incorporate that whole uh, suite and the life cycles. But this is really, truly limitless. You know, we talked about it. It is limitless, but now like it's underwater. It's on the ground, it's in the cloud, it's now in it's space. It's in your backyard. So my next house, guess what I'm going to have? I'm going to have, I say, I want at least a 45 foot wide uh, lot that I can put this on my background, on my backyard. Marcos Nogueira <laughs> with the uh, mobile command center. All right, well, I know where I'm going in the zombie apocalypse now. <laughs> at least we have low latency to just compute any kind of, of, of things that we might need. <laughs> exactly. Well, it, it's really cool, right? So you think about those heavy compute requirements doing uh, geological calculations. Um, requires a lot of compute power. Yeah. Um, you know, remote operations, uh, changing designs and things. A lot of CAD work. Again, a lot of heavy compute power. Yeah. So uh, this can actually reduce cost. Uh, for businesses because, um, you know, you and I both have talked a lot with people in uh, mining and uh, ONG operations over the years. And uh, those satellite uplinks are really darn expensive, really oh, expensive. My. So if you can have all of your compute close at hand and you're not moving, you know, terabytes of uh, discovery and geodata back and forth, this can really reduce your costs significantly yeah. uh, because, you know, then you have a secondary uplink on the back end of that that then replicates your data up. You've got disaster recovery for remote sites. Uh, that's massive. Uh, that that kind of stuff was just a dream not even a few years ago. Even even it's not that. Even something that, for example, um, the way that you want to doing uh, migrations uh, you oh. have these huge, huge data centers that we are starting to see that they want to move to the cloud. So I don't know if that is possible. I'm just extrapolating here. But probably uh, doing those migrations, you can leverage these as well. Uh, because Absolutely. Yeah, they talked about it in, the, in their article a little bit, uh, that you can replicate apps and servers into uh, your mobile data center. Yes. And then use that as a means. So uh, kind of similar to the old black box method, you know, yep. load it and send it to Microsoft. This is just a much grander scale, right? So, and it's online. So it's yeah. like, the thing is, you're connecting this because the, the, the other service that we started to see, the black box, that is the Azure Data Box and everything else. Um, it's an offline one. Uh, that is a it period is. that you are trans you are tra that is more for data. It's not for applications. Okay, that's exactly it. So and this this, this, this a new way, a to new move. way, a new way to move. If you have this massive, uh, we can disrupt less the service. We can disrupt less, and then probably it's going to be. 
way more cost efficient and way everything efficient doing that way. So it's not only for for those remote scenarios, humanitarian as well. So this is like you said, it's limitless. It's just a way to see if it makes sense and you're doing every, everything. But well, I can't wait to see one in your backyard. I have to. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to follow up on that in another year with you. Okay, <laughs> we'll, another we'll see year. What your wife has to say about that. Probably not that he's going to be difficult because I recently got the, on the, to this house. But give me a couple more years. You never know, right? That's uh, true. You know, I, I have an empty spot in my garage. I'm just saying. <laughs> Microsoft. Come on. <laughs> okay, let's go to our final news. Um, that is with our dear friend, Mark Rusunovic, uh, the CTO of Azure that announced the partnership with Azure and Intel uh, to commit to the next generation of confidential computing. So this is a project uh, that is the third generation Intel Xeon um, platform, codenamed Icelake, uh, that basically uh, brings a different way to just have all of this confidential computing. So we know that we usually on Azure, we are not accessing any type of hardware. Um, only a few exceptions now that they are the, uh, on certain regions, they are allowing to have access to the physical hardware. In this case, more for the VMware world, if you want to do that, or even if you want really have access to a, a, a really compute, but only a few cases. But this brings uh, what we are seeing on this world, that is the trust and the uh, confidentiality of your computing. And this is a good way because if you, if, if you remember Ignite, and, and now it's going to be a shameless plug to our uh, podcast about, about uh, the Azure Book of News, in this case, the Ignite Book of News, uh, please visit that that. Um, that video as well that me and Andrew were talking about all of that uh, news that they released on Ignite, uh, I think a month ago, something like that, uh, a little bit over a month ago. Um, and one of the things that they announced at that time or they talk about is was the uh, new way that Azure is being built for healthcare. Uh, and with healthcare, you have a lot of confidential uh, information and this is another way that Azure and Microsoft is preparing and this announcement uh, by Mark Rusunovic saying that they are working with Icelake um, right now to just encrypt your full memory and accelerate your cryptographic performance um, so basically we are on the verge of almost the quantum computing. So everything that you put on this uh, hardware is going to be automatically encrypted. It's going to be starting to having more hard time to those persons that want to do harm to us uh, or harm to our information. And that makes the cloud even more secure, right? So exactly. Yeah. So this is, this is a step in that direction, right? So, um, 
you know, Microsoft and Azure teams, uh, specifically Azure teams, take uh, that security and confidentiality very seriously. And also from a business perspective, uh, you know, Azure wants to get healthcare customers. And, uh, you know, I've worked with uh, two healthcare clients that uh, utilize Azure, but they still do keep uh, a hybrid model because they still want to keep their data local. They just they have a lot of apprehension and, uh, you know, all of the legal beagles out there. I'm sure there's lots of arguments on both sides of that fence. And I'm not qualified to weigh in on that. But, uh, you know, where we can talk about is, um, you know, the steps that Azure continues to take towards improving and monitoring security. So secure score, uh, cost analysis score. Uh, you know, we talked about well-architected framework today uh, as well. So all of these things together, you combine this with the hardware layer with confident, uh, confidential computing. And, uh, you know, you're starting to see a, a solution that's really designed with security in mind. And it's built to keep our data, yours and mine, secure. Uh, and for me, that that makes a difference. Um, you know, I feel safe with my my data in Azure, uh, whether I'm doing business with a, a private healthcare company or a public healthcare entity. Um, if they're using Azure in some capacity, I think that that's fantastic because it's going to help them yeah. reduce their costs yeah. and process that data faster. Right. And, it, and it's not only that. And and we've been in a situation that um, we've been. Eated by a, a, a ransomware, um, a ransomware, and at that time I remember that uh, we were working on moving that customer to the cloud faster, uh, and we've been evangelizing them for about nine months before that ransomware attacks, right? Mm -hmm. And because of that, we spent they been stopped for over a week of completely shut down operations uh, over a week for us to recover that. And if they were on Azure, nothing happened uh, because it's already protected. That is one of the things. The other thing that I see on the on this announcement um, as well by Mike Vursunovich is the way that you are protecting ed edge to edge from the IoT device uh, with the Intel and everything that you have available, the Intel SGX, uh, that is the Intel software guard extensions that you can do it from uh, IoT devices uh, until you have all of that, until you're going Azure SQL, starting to, to grab that data and analyze that data. Now we starting to have all of that confidentiality uh, that is good for us because we have more devices than ever connected to the world. I have an automated system here at my house. I don't want anyone to know when I'm wake up, when I'm not wake up, when I turn the light, when I'm not, what TV I'm watching, what program, all of that, it should be privacy, right? And, and if we are not leveraging security regarding this, and if we don't trust, trust or we have a false, sense of trust because oh i don't have any problem because my computer is in front of me i can't see the blinking lights so it's secure my house it's secure 
uh, it isn't uh, because if if we want to break uh, we can break and and me that comes from a different background uh, I'm original from Portugal I did live in Brazil so the security that we talking about it's different for example so I remember one episode there's nothing to do with this when when I put my alarm system um, the, on, not on this house on my old house uh, when I hired alarm system they put just alarm system on on the windows on the basement and on the uh, on the level of the uh, on the ground level but then I say what about the upper level oh here uh, we don't have anyone that is uh, that is going up but say really so it's so easy you just put the ladder on top of my front uh, garage and you are on the on the on the roof you just broke a window and usually it's where we have all your good things so usually uh, the safe it's on the closet or or whatever it is uh, you have all the jewelry there all of that uh, value I don't have anything uh, like that but uh, but usually I was thinking wow so if they come out uh, of the second floor they can basically rob the entire house right and you're doing I remember going to Macau for example and usually the rich people live on the top floors of the buildings and I remember looking up a very high building and you see um, some kind of protection on the top five uh, on the top five um, floors and then I ask why why those guys have protection on top because here they have like the spider-man uh, thieves that they're going outside of the building to rob them because that is where they live the multimillionaires uh, well, that's to where rob all the them, good stuff is, eh? all yeah. the good stuff, and then they bringing out on the building. And say, really? Wow! That's crazy! Wow! <laughs> and that is Jesus, just. I get worried when I'm on top of the garage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Putting the putting the Christmas light says no. That's not for yeah, me. So that's, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I don't need roller coasters or uh, I'm not Spider Man. That's for sure. Exactly. Wow. So just that's just... interesting. But we we don't really deal with that kind of risk here in North America so much, and in you yeah. know, Canada, definitely not. Um, I know on my street, uh, there's uh, lots of people. Um, you know, there's many retired people as well here, and uh, yeah, I think if uh, somebody looked like they were looking in the windows it would be short order and there'd be a bunch of be a bunch of folks from the neighborhood outside probably in about five minutes or so yeah. uh, certainly if somebody was walking out my front window <laughs> with my tv they'd be asking <laughs> some questions but again i think that's different culturally yeah. right so uh you know here we'll ask about stuff like that in um you know alberta for sure we're very uh protective of property in alberta and uh, you know, maybe in some places uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't ask those questions, right? You just you know what? I don't want to be part of a problem. I'm gonna go downstairs and drink a tea or whatever, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's it's interesting because we think of physical security as being very physical, and yet we replicate our data into the cloud. So, um, just to tie it back together, confidentiality of that data is really critical. It is. And. Uh, with the confidential computing announcement, uh, specifically that uh, before uh, both our ADD skills uh, took us down this 
this path. <laughs> we were um, we were excited about how uh, customers in Azure will be able. Uh, uh, I think it's going to be available next year. Um, they said, yeah, early next year. Yeah. So maybe one or uh, uh, quarter one or quarter two, I would imagine, take some some time to roll out new hardware. Uh, first of all, they have to buy it and manufacture it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it's going to keep end to end encryption, like you said. But it, it you know, the memory is encrypted um, with this new uh, Xeon third generation, the Ice Lake. Um, so the memory is fully encrypted and the data stays encrypted the entire time. So it's encrypted at rest uh, at rest. It's encrypted during transit, and now it's encrypted in memory and during processing. Yeah. So uh, this is a huge improvement over uh, at least what I've read about confidential computing in the past. Yeah. So I think uh, this is a really exciting step for Azure and definitely newsworthy. Uh, so um, another, another really good point. And yeah. um, I, th I think that you know, Azure continues to make these leaps and bounds, and you know, Marcos, correct me if I'm wrong. This blog updates on a daily basis. Yeah. And, uh, there's just so much going on. So many teams of people working on improving, uh, you know, not only security, but all aspects, analysis, all, all, AI, yeah. the infrastructure, the the apps that run on the infra, like everything. Uh, yeah. It's such a big ecosystem. And yet we still have this rapid change Um in practice, it's not just a mentality. It's actually a continuous improvement model. Um, you know, I'm sure there's an official term for it that's escaping me right now. Yeah. But uh, the rapid deployment of all of these changes—it's um, just amazing to me. And you know, it's part of what keeps me excited. Um, you know, it keeps me engaged because there's always something new. And I think it that's is. really. And that, and that's that's one of the reasons for our our podcast. Uh, uh, our weekly podcast about Azure news is to talk about this. I think we already way cover way much that we anticipated, but <laughs> is I think our listeners already know that. <laughs> and, I was going to say if we say it's five minutes, uh, uh, it's going to yeah, be forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> At least forty-five, but that's okay. I think it was a good conversation about all of that. Once again, um, Andrew, thank you so much for being available on our busy schedules. Uh, it's not easy to just reserve an hour to do this or less than an hour in our schedules. But we, uh, we squeeze this in and see you next week in this case for another Azure-centric uh, Azure podcast news. Uh, thank you once again for listening. If you are uh, on our social media, don't forget to just give him a thumbs up and subscribe. So then you can see all the news coming um, on Azure World. Uh, once again, thank you, good fellas, and goodbye. Thank you very much, Marcos.